0: and open up your Bible, what a wonderful feast. The living bread, and we're discussing what it means for the streets, the inner cities and the burbs, and every person we meet. It's where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources, to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology in the scripture that supported. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah, welcome to the Modern Reformation,
1: yeah. The bar, Liverpool. welcome everybody to the bar it's your boy Dwayne in the building right back in here another Tuesday super excited as always to be coming through your speakers through your earbuds all the places that you listen to the bar we are grateful that you listen and like I told you guys October is the month that we interview people that inspired uh, or people that inspire the podcast or even myself and um, this guest is actually a repeat guest um we have on for the second time none other than uh Mr. Phil Johnson how are you sir I'm great Dwayne thanks for having me back yeah man, yeah, repeat guests. You you're you sit amongst an elite group uh as a repeat <laughs> guest. So <laughs> glad to make that happen Phil. So I want you to kind of introduce yourself to the listeners though that may those that may have missed that first time you were on here. We were such a small podcast then. Now we're kind of medium. So introduce yourself uh, again to my listeners.
0: All right, well, I'm Phil Johnson. I'm an an elder at Grace Community Church and also the executive director of Grace to You, which is John MacArthur's uh, media ministry, and so we distribute recordings and and books and uh, material by John MacArthur, really worldwide. Been doing it. I've been here now for thirty almost thirty six years.
1: Uh, uh, so
0: this is this is my life's work, and uh, I <laughs> love doing it. And uh, it still seems fresh and new even after thirty six years. And that's the kind of job you want to have, right?
1: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. 'Cause mine is getting stale. I've only been there a year. Just kidding. And by for my job listening, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so if well, um, your podcasts Phil, man, aren't like, stale. There you at go. Least. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I appreciate that, man. And I appreciate you subscribing, Phil. I know you told me like at G3 we met, uh actually it's gonna be two years ago soon. Uh, you subscribed and even got a that's picture right. of you holding your phone as a subscriber, man. So I, I first want to thank you publicly on the subscribed. air.
0: Still subscribed. <laughs> yeah, that's a good sign. <laughs> right now I've got, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five uh, uh, podcasts I still are in my queue to listen to. Oh, and it's downloading nice. Alistair Begg right now. So I've got that one too. Uh-huh. Six. So I'm I've nice. got enough to keep me busy for a while.
1: Good deal. Good deal, man. So I want to start off, man, because uh, those that know me personally or even through the podcast know how influential uh, uh, Grace C U has been in my growth spiritually and all of that. So I want to start off with asking you about um, just kind of where do you see grace you going? I mean, you guys are, you know, all kind of medium. You can find, uh, your material, videos, audio, um, uh, what is kind of some of the vision, uh, for you guys? Is it the state, state of course, or are you looking at new innovative things? What, what's, what's going on on that side of the front?
0: Yeah, no, actually we intend to stay the course, uh, in terms of content. And, um, uh, we, we hope to continue to broadcast, John MacArthur, even long after his ministry is complete. I mean, you know, they're doing that with, uh, with J. Vernon McGee, for example. He's He's been dead for probably close to 20 years, and yet he's still a presence on radio. And uh, so our, our plan is to continue to make John MacArthur's teaching uh, available for as long as the—hopefully longer than I live, so right. that the next generation will be doing it as well. Um, and the advantage we have with that is— John's teaching is is biblical and not timely. He doesn't deal with uh, mm-hmm. whatever the current movies are or current issues in the in the newspaper headlines or all of that. He he just teaches what the Bible says. The same as Vernon McGee did and and therefore what is timely today for for grace to you will will also be relevant 40 years from now or 100 years from mm-hmm. now. It's a sort of timeless truth from scripture. So that's our goal is to stay the course in that respect, but also at the same time to watch technology so that we can stay up with and on top of every technological advance. So we've tried to anticipate what's coming. We were, I think, one of the first ministries on the Internet back in the early 90s. And, wow. um I remember making a comment we had in 1995, we had a management retreat and our managers were there and John MacArthur joined us for the day. We were talking about the future and things that might happen. And I made the comment, not realizing how it might impact him. I made the comment that uh, it's possible that 15 years hence, we won't even be making cassette tapes anymore because I could see Mm -hmm. that sermons would be downloadable and there would be other media uh, through which to... uh, you know, get our teaching out, and uh, and John mm-hmm. gasped when I said that, and he said, "Oh, don't <laughs> say that." He said, "That's our ministry cassette tapes." Well, it was in right. those days, but it isn't anymore. I doubt that we made a single cassette tape today. <laughs> we do still have yeah. some dupli- do still have some duplicating machines downstairs, so that if somebody wants a cassette tape, we could make it. But I don't mm. know that we've operated those in weeks.
1: Wow! Wow! That's amazing, man. Um, and, and, and that's one thing I love about you guys is you stay, you know, you guys, uh, always like, uh, Roku and, um, uh, I'm um, uh, just Alexa, the voice, like you guys are always, uh, right there. Uh, whenever it comes, you take full advantage. And, and I want to go back to what you talked about, about his messages being timeless. I can recall, uh, when I first discovered the app, listening to uh, it might have been something on false teachers. And, like, you know, when I listened to it, I didn't look at the date. And then when I looked at the date, I was like, man, I could have sworn he said Joel Osteen somewhere. It was like from 1974. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's
0: right. And, you know, we still broadcast uh, uh, occasionally on Grace to you Radio series that were taped in the early 70s. Yeah. And, uh, it's a it's a slightly different uh, higher pitched faster delivery from mm-hmm. John MacArthur so you can tell if you're listening mm-hmm. but the content you know is as applicable now
1: as it was exactly. then Exactly exactly so uh just kind of stand on that same chain I know you guys are into a lot of publishing and things like that um what what can the listeners expect from Grace U on the the publishing side more books and uh,
0: more books. all i all i know are the ones that are scheduled for the next you know year or so we we work about a year in advance mm-hmm. uh but it's hard to anticipate if you had asked me four or five years ago what we were going to be doing i don't think i could have given you a list of potential titles then mm-hmm. uh we just uh w- when a book is finished we ask the question you know w- what else have we not written about that would make a good book and we'll mm-hmm. look through the series of uh John MacArthur's sermons and draw stuff from there. That's how all of his books, uh, they really grow out of his preaching ministry. So all of his study and creative writing and all that is done in preparation for sermons. And then I've been his main editor for uh, close to 40 years now. Even before Mm -hmm. I came to work here, when I was at Moody Press, I was editing material for John. Um, And I'll take sermon transcripts, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, a verbatim record of what he said, and edit that into book chapters. And, and and then he goes through that original draft of the manuscript and makes his own edits to the books and puts the final polish on it, and then it goes off to the publisher. So yeah. it's a labor-intensive process, but I love it. I, my background is publishing. Right. And uh, so I think the thing that most excites me probably is the published material that comes out in books. I think mm-hmm. people ask me every now and then, when are you gonna write your own book? I've never written a book and I don't really intend to. I don't really have any <laughs> desire to. Uh because if I wrote a book and even if it was a successful book, it might sell, you know, three to six thousand copies and then it would go out of print and everyone would forget it. Mm-hmm. The material I'm working on with John is going to be read and still in print, some of it for a hundred years. So it's just yeah. a better use of my time and gifts to uh, <laughs> help contribute to John's writing ministry, rather than try to launch out on my own. I've just never had any desire to do that.
1: Wow. That's awesome, man. I mean, that, 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 that definitely makes sense. And it, you know, uh, speaks a lot about, you know, just you, cause some people, you know, they, they, they'll use it as a launching pad, you know, or they want to get themselves out there. So, uh, that's, that's awesome to hear that much rather, whatever is for the best, better of the kingdom, you know, like you said. Yeah, well, it's I'm a shy person. I'd, longer.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm just a naturally shy person. I would love to, I, seriously, I would love to stay in the background. And, and in fact, I was, I was here at Grace Church and even an elder at Grace Church for uh, 11 years before I ever mm. taught adults in a public venue larger than my own living room. I didn't really aspire really? to be a preacher or a speaker or any of that, and had friends here who more or less goaded me into teaching adults. I was teaching in the <laughs> in the boys' division at Grace Church, junior boys, and uh, mm-hmm. I was fine with that. But uh, then, yeah, I spoke at Shepherds Conference a few times, and that resulted in invitations to speak elsewhere, and now I just I can't—I can't—I get— too many requests. So I didn't, <laughs> didn't seek that, didn't particularly look for it, but
1: here I am. Yes, sir. And you do a fine job. I actually, you know, heard you a few times. So, uh, it's not in Thanks. vain. It's not in vain. <laughs> Thanks. So, uh, just kind of to, to, to change it up a little bit. Um, I, I love, you know, we, we talked about the media, we talked about the books, uh, all things that I, I love coming out of Grace You. Um and just recently, you know, um we we at the Bar podcast were involved uh, with you guys with the new social justice thing. Um uh, yeah. I'm not gonna stay on that too long. Everybody knows where we stand. And if you listen to this podcast, you know where we stand. But um what has been some of the reaction you've seen as far as towards the ministry? Um, in regards to uh, Grace, you being, uh, I guess, uh, visible or vocal uh, on this issue?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. We get a lot of uh, positive feedback from people who say, uh, you know, we're glad you spoke out on this because a lot of what John MacArthur has been saying is things that people think and believe and Mm -hmm. feel, but you don't want to say anything that's Mm -hmm. going to get you accused of being a racist or a you know whatever so uh so people tend to be silent on this and in fact uh, there was i i think quite a few people who might surprise you if you knew that they were they were sort of tried to keep silent until John MacArthur said something uh mm-hmm. just because they felt like if he took the lead it would make it easier for everybody to to say something and so it, i'm happy to to do that we do get a lot of pushback too i don't want to imply that all the Right. All the, uh, you know, feedback we get is positive from our constituents. It's it's overwhelmingly positive. But if you read Twitter, read my Twitter account, for example, you <laughs> see, I I get a lot of uh, pushback, sometimes angry and sometimes even mm-hmm. profane comments from people who are just angry about this subject. It's one that yeah. really seems to provoke people's passions. And uh, it, it for me, it's like a flashback 15 years ago. I was concerned about the emerging church movement, because it seemed Mm -hmm. to me that they were peddling a kind of uh, liberal theology in a surreptitious way, saying, you know, we're evangelicals, we believe the same creed you do, but we think changes need to be made in the church. And it seemed to me that secretly built into their agenda was a a plan to sort of foist liberal theology onto evangelicals. And it turned out Mm -hmm. that was exactly right. But when I began to critique the uh, emerging church movement, hardly anybody was saying anything negative about them. D.A. Carson had written a book on the subject, but it wasn't it, it wasn't a particularly clear and definitive refutation of the emerging church movement. And nevertheless, he got pilloried for it by them, mm-hmm. because the emerging church people all said, well, you, you've misdefined us, you've misunderstood us, you're misrepresenting us. A lot of sort of post-modern, uh, postmodern defenses where they're deconstructing the language of the critic. And what I see today with the social justice movement is an ex- the exact same kind of pushback. And and mm-hmm. frankly, my concerns are very similar that I think uh, built into the plea for social justice is, is a secret agenda to try to legitimize um, liberation theology and and other liberalizing theological ideas. My concerns are more theological than cultural, frankly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as this, because there's been a cry for social justice from the left wing of the political spectrum for years, and I, I would never have said anything about that. But once it starts to seep into the church, and, and I see it affecting what people profess and declare and 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 confess uh it it concerns me for the drift uh you right. know when you have one of the largest evangelical conferences of the year and people saying well even though Martin Luther King denied vital tenets of gospel truth we're confident he was a true Christian we're not so <laughs> sure about Jonathan Edwards and George Whitefield because they supported slavery and they even held slaves apparently and so so uh, we're, we're less confident that even though they affirm the gospel, we're less confident mm-hmm. that they're true Christians. And it just seems to me that there's a lot of that sort of upside-down thinking that is driven more by what's popular and politically correct than is driven by Scripture, because Scripture would take the opposite view. What you, what you profess and, and, and confess, what you believe in your heart is actually far more important uh, and 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 it's the the sign of you know where you stand before god than you know what sins you may commit or or mistakes you may make or errors right. you might hold in your thinking we're all inconsistent in one way or the other and i wouldn't exclude myself from that i'm not deliberately inconsistent but i've watched enough humanity to know that all of us Uh, are incapable of properly discerning even our own motives and thoughts, which is why we need the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword, and is capable of discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart, which I'm not. That's right. So so I have to rely on God's Word to disclose to me where I'm inconsistent and correct those things (laughs) in my thinking. And I, I just don't see that emphasis coming from those who are calling for you know the reconstruction of, uh, of the whole social structure
1: right i think it's just right. a
0: wrong-headed wrong-headed approach so it concerns me uh mainly for where the evangelical movement is going doctrinally
1: gotcha now that's 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 really good that's really good and that's that's kind of the same thing you know uh we have- and it's funny you know you, you talk about the message you got about um people speaking up about it after you know uh, uh dr mccarthur released what he did we we see that all the time with daryl uh when daryl writes something we get a lot of response like oh <laughs> you know we were thinking that or whatever and i was told there i said daryl man you you put the words you know kind of what yeah a lot of people just feel you know or he they, does he
0: he is an amazing man in fact i'll confess i wait to see what daryl's gonna say before <laughs> i say anything publicly.
1: <laughs> me too <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's 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 my buddy man he's a he's a solid solid guy and and writes very well and uh big shout out to daryl and virgil just thinking man love what they do um yeah and, So glad that they're a part of the network. So right here, Phil, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The blessed beard
0: and Fenimore's general market invites you to join us on Saturday, November 24th from 12 to 7 PM for Fenimore's fair. That Saturday is small business Saturday and we'll showcase some of the best small businesses that Greenville has to offer. Set in scenic downtown Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, Fenimore's Fair offers local flair and beautiful surroundings. So go to Facebook, search Finemore's Fair, that's F-I-N-N-A-M-O-R-E apostrophe S-F-A-I-R-E to show your interest in the event and share it out to friends. Or, if you're interested, apply to be a vendor. Thanks, and remember, shop small, shop local, and support your neighbors.
1: All right, we're back in here with Phil Johnson of Grace to You. Having a good time. Appreciate you coming on, Phil. Phil, literally, I'm telling you guys, I'll be transparent and honest. I text him, I was like, hey, can you do it tonight? And it was like, you want me to call in right now? So I'm really, <laughs> really grateful for that because uh, uh, my job has been running me ragged. And I was like, man, I'm about to run out and not have an episode ready for next week. So I am so, <laughs> yeah. so grateful.
0: Well, I'm grateful too. I've been my job's been running me ragged and I was looking for an excuse to set the work aside and do something more fun. So, there you
1: go. <laughs> we looked out for <laughs> each other there. <laughs> yeah. Good deal, man. Good deal. So, I'm not going to give you the um uh, the the bar signature questions just because you've been here and you, and I think you've answered them before. Um and we know you listen to the bar. That's the only podcast that matter. Um and if they want to hear you answer your what uh uh, music you listen to then go back to the old episode but i am interested in what book or books you're currently reading
0: uh uh you know i've got a little book here by chris anderson he's a pastor in the atlanta area called the god who satisfies it's a uh, it's mm. just a really good book let me see who published it um it's called Church Works. It's not a major publisher, but if you can find it, I'm sure it's on Amazon. The God Who Satisfies by uh, mm-hmm. by Chris Anderson. Really good book. And then uh, also, I've been reading belatedly, I should have read this a long time ago, but our our own Nate Busenitz, who teaches here at the uh, Master Seminary, wrote a book called Long Before Luther, uh, mm. which traces the heart of the gospel from Christ to the Reformation for people who say well, where was the gospel before the uh, Protestant Reformation? Uh, Nate is probing that question and, and coming up with answers, and uh, it's really, really good. And awesome. and then, as a group, the leadership team in my fellowship group has been studying a book called The Shepherd Leader by Timothy Whitmer, uh, which mm-hmm. I highly recommend. It's published by R.
1: <laughs> nice. I think I have that one. Good deal. So I um, uh I really, really, you know, I got so much respect for uh, Dr. McCarthy and definitely would love to meet him one day. I'm praying one day I can get up to the Shepherds Conference. So, yeah, or you uh, know, and what? I know, Grace to
0: you is sponsoring a conference a year from now in October uh, that mm-hmm. will celebrate John MacArthur's 50th anniversary as pastor of Grace Church and the 50th anniversary of Grace to you. Uh, it's called the Truth Matters Conference, and it's like a shepherds' conference, only for lay people. And, um, oh. So it's like a three or four-day conference here at Grace Church uh, in October. I it, listen to Grace to you; they will give you the exact dates. I don't remember.
1: Okay. I, I thought you was getting ready to say I could get you there for free. I was waiting for that part. To... <laughs>
0: hey, I will. I will. I will comp you the registration fee if you can come.
1: Oh man, see that's that's I'm what I wanted to hear. That. Yep. <laughs> All right. That, okay. I'm I'm there now. I just gotta get the tickets. All right, listeners. Uh I don't need an airplane like Creflo. I just need airplane tickets. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey it's worth taking the bus, even if you have to do that. So oh it's that good. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I would love to do that. So uh my question uh before we get ready to close, um, because I, I know you kind of presented, uh, you know, uh, Dr. MacArthur asked him if he would come on to the show. So you, you're telling me that he knows about my podcast. Is that what you're saying?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if he's a regular listener or not.
1: But, oh, uh, okay. He's not he subscribed, but he...
0: No, he definitely would, uh, would feel the impact of your podcast. The only podcast worth listening to uh, because it affects so many of us.
1: Wow, And uh, and I
0: know he reads Daryl's material, his written material.
1: Oh, that's, so. that's dope. Good deal. Hey, right, I'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take all the victories. <laughs> so on that note, Phil, I, again, I want to thank you, man, for coming on to the show. I want to give you the floor, man, to uh, uh, just speak to my people, words of encouragement, uh, anything you want to tell them uh, as we get ready to end.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, I go back to your very first question about what we're thinking of in Grace to Use and much innovation coming. And I just preached this weekend a sermon that's still kind of on my heart about how this, this notion that as Christians and Christian leaders, we have to be constantly innovative and all. It's just not an emphasis you find in Scripture. There are, of course, as I said, with technology and things like that, you have to stay on top of of the drift but as far as our content is concerned what we mm-hmm. preach innovation is absolutely the last thing we ought to be pursuing and uh... uh... You, when you read for example paul's dying charge to timothy he says preach the word in season out of season and he tells him the time's coming when people are not going to endure sound doctrine they want to hear something new they want to hear stories myths and all of that but mm-hmm. he says as for you you preach the word stay faithful And it's the very opposite of that mentality that says, hey, if I want to be a good leader, I have to be innovative. You find that throughout Christian literature. I mean, it's Christians telling each other and supposedly church growth gurus telling Christian leaders, you need to be innovative. And Mm. that's just an idea that I find totally absent in Scripture and I think it's one of those wrong-headed ideas that causes the evangelical movement to continually trip over its own feet. And I, it's an idea we need to get away from and get back to what Paul told Timothy. Preach the word in season and out of season.
1: Amen, sir. Amen. That is for sure a good word. And it's funny because today is Tuesday, October the 16th. And That's right. my, my Alistair Begg episode, he pretty much said the exact same thing because, you know, Truth of Life is probably almost every medium you guys are in, they're there as well. But he said he, he don't have anything to do with that part of it. He just makes sure that the message is always the same. So yep. to listeners, make sure the message is always the same. It's always about the gospel and the truth of jesus christ and uh, appreciate you guys tuning in to the bar make sure you check us out every tuesday your favorite podcast on monday make sure you check out pastor's discussion wednesday just thinking with daryl and virgil thursday bars biblical informed spitters and friday take that day to catch up on all your favorite podcasts and until next time you guys god bless we out